0: for breakfast Okay, breakfast is back hello welcome
1: welcome <laughs> feels good to be back
0: Jake has returned from meditation camp and we missed yes. him dearly we all missed him dearly we missed our breakfast we went hungry <laughs> in the mornings <laughs> it was a sad time but now he's yes. back i am wiser than ever <laughs> uh how was it i actually haven't spoken to you about it yet so i'm intrigued how yeah it?
1: yeah it was good um it was it was really tricky like um i think it was more difficult than the first time i went because even though i was very conscious of not having expectations and trying not to compare it to last time mm. I was there. It's kind of inevitable, uh, I think. So like, especially the first three, like two or three days, I was like, oh man, like I did not need to come back. Like, this is just more difficult. <laughs> I, I thought I would be kind of a step up than last time but it was really like going back to zero mm, uh, yeah yeah so it took me a while to kind of get over that disappointment that I couldn't immediately
0: just like sit like the Buddha <laughs> it's such like a, that just fully like reiterates the whole crazy like mental game that like meditation is I feel like
1: yeah yeah for sure um, and I was, I was laughing especially because of, um, I, I expected my mind to be very wandery and full of invasive thoughts, as it kind of always is. So I, I didn't expect that to be better, but I did, or I was surprised, well, slash slightly annoyed that I wasn't better at observing my physical sensation. Because I think we spoke about the kind of back pain and knee pain and of having to sit cross-legged for an hour at a time or more. And I specifically remember saying to you, like, oh, mate, um, you know, it's all about observing pain as sensation and not as a negative thing. And, I was, and you were
0: really good at like, it when you
1: did Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like oh, this is totally getting my comeuppance for trying to like flex on Ricky for how good I was at <laughs> at not getting sucked into the pain. But yeah, the first few days I was really struggling to not just stretch my legs out mid kind of hardcore meditation because you have those hours, three hours a day, where you're really not allowed to open your eyes or move or. Un- you know, stretch your legs or whatever. Um, So I did manage to keep my posture, but there were a lot of serious internal battles going on while I was sat there like, oh, just it's your first day or like your second day or whatever. Just move, just stretch your leg out. It'll be fine. You can go back to it. And then another bit of me was like, no, don't, because it's been, it's definitely been a long time. And if you move now and then, the chanting starts and you know, there's only five minutes left. You're going to be so pissed that you really <laughs> made it and then didn't. So there was all this like chattering going on in my head. Um, but by, by like the sixth, seventh day I could sit and, you know, not comfortably, but I could sit and not be really focusing on how much my, Back ached, or how much my I needed to stretch my legs out and stuff.
0: Um, Did you get? So, do you think you kind of got any further this time? Does that makes sense? I th- I think I had
1: a better understanding of the the um, of the way that you can apply the skills of sitting without reacting to physical sensation and moving that to like thoughts and mental sensation Mm. um so i yeah i think that made more sense to me um which was good but i didn't have any any more kind of transcendent of an experience than last time. I didn't see any white light or start levitating or anything like that, which was a
0: bummer. (laughs) You said it was like uh, being on a microdose.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, my, I mean, I've never microdosed, but I've read a lot about people who have and listened to people who do it quite a lot um and certainly the the back end of it the last probably six like from day six onwards pretty much all of the time after that i just very much felt like i was yeah like slightly high like what i imagine microdosing to be where everything looked interesting and i was kind of walking around the little woodland area checking out all the plants and the trees and the wildlife and I made friends with some little squirrels that was cool all kinds of stuff but yeah I was just very much kind of walking on a bit of a cloud for the last few days um, which was really cool so I didn't have like a big like I think I said last time I have a vivid memory of day seven of coming out after a long meditation and the sun was shining and I just lay in a field and I felt like this euphoric kind of blissed out state um so i didn't i feel like i didn't reach the kind of highs that i did last time but i was at a a a better level more consistently if that makes sense
0: what was the basis of the friendship with the squirrels
1: i saw so At first I thought there was just one squirrel and I like saw him every day, like burying nuts and like nibbling berries and stuff. So every day on my walk, I'd see him and I'd, and they were really tame. So you, they'd let you get close up to him. Um, so yeah, I would just be stood watching this little squirrel go about his business and really enjoying it. And then, um, like towards the end, I realized there was more than one squirrel. Um, and that made me happy that he had a little friend. So yeah, I just spent a lot of time observing squirrels on my little walks.
0: <laughs> As you do at meditation camp, Jake.
1: Yeah, yeah, why not?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like, well, yeah, it's disappointing. It's, well, it's always annoying when you don't get to like the highs of things. Yeah. But then, yeah, it's definitely like part of the weird game that you're not meant to Search for the highs.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, we um, some on a couple of the sessions, you kind of go up to the little teacher at the front in pairs or whatever, and he asks you like, "How are you doing?" Um, and then you like sit and meditate with him at the front for five or ten minutes, and when I got called up he was asking me um if i was able to feel sensation kind of everywhere in the body and if i had any kind of blind areas um and by that point i there was sensation in most of my body every now and then there'd be like a blind spot or whatever but um mostly pretty good at feeling something, whether the, whether it was a kind of vague tingly buzzing sensation or whether it was like a intense aching or whatever. Um, there was usually something to observe. Um, so that was good, uh, but when he asked the guy Oh, yeah. So, and then he asks you if you're, how you're, how equanimous you're being and how are you like craving the good sensations? Are you feeling aversion to the bad sensations? Or are you like allowing them to pass and observing them without too much judgment? Um, So because I hadn't been feeling the really like euphoria blissful stuff and i kind of felt fairly middly anyway my equanim- my equanimity was pretty good because there was there was no real highs for me to be searching for and clinging to um and i'd because i was so aware of the aching and pains and how i had been telling you how good i was at not reacting to them i'd been quite focused on like being cool with that as well um so i was like yeah i actually feel pretty good about observing objectively and not getting caught up in that stuff but the the other guy who he asked at the same time as me he said um that he doesn't feel he's quite good at observing the kind of negative sensations and not feeling too adverse to them, but he was having a really hard time not chasing the kind of tingly vibrations and the good, the good sensations that he had. Um, So I I thought that was interesting that he was much more, um, able to be much more objective towards what you'd call negative or like bad feelings of pain and achiness and stuff than he was at not clinging to the good stuff
0: yeah i feel like i am definitely in that zone that he is in um was it we so we we're having a guest from the center on the podcast by the way Oh sick. On like so it might and it might have been one of the people because he was either taking a course or teaching a course while oh, wow, you were be there. so it might be the guy that you were with. Were. That'd yeah. be sweet. <laughs> he's, called, he's called Udo. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. think. Um and he's and I think it's like on like September third or something. Okay, wicked. So yeah. Well, <laughs> nice. that would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ask him all the questions.
1: Yeah oh I asked him about uh well I asked the the teacher. So the teacher was um they always have a man and a woman teacher and they were they were uh, husband and wife, which I thought was interesting. Um
0: shouldn't they be but they were, sexually abstaining?
1: Yeah, I think so. like they have their own little houses, don't they? There's like a assistant teacher house at both ends of the the little meditation
0: hall. No, but I mean sexually abstaining forever.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, that's kind of what I was thinking as well. Um, and yeah, it was weird because they didn't obviously didn't kind of interact with each other, but they were both sat next to each other on the like at the front. So I thought that must have been really weird to to kind of sit and to teach a course with your wife without having been able to have any like contact or communication um but yeah he he was the guy was called i think it was stephen hartley or harper or something like that um but i only went to see him one day to ask him a question because at lunch times you can sign up to a sheet and go and have a little one-on-one with the teacher uh so i asked him something that I, I think we mentioned last time about the distinction between <clears throat> when you're doing the, the body scan, Vipassana, like technique. Um, I was saying, and I think you were saying as well, that you have a real feeling that you're not, you're kind of projecting your mind's eye across your body. As opposed to really having your awareness stem from that part of your body. So when when I'm sat with my eyes closed, I can feel my eyebrows, my eyebrows, my eyeballs like moving up and down as I go from head to toe and back up again. Yeah, I
0: definitely do that.
1: Yeah, so I was kind of getting annoyed at that and trying to figure out how to not do that and to be to be more. Centered in the awareness and not like shooting it out from where where it resides behind my eyes
0: Is it, is it possible to do that? How do you do that though?
1: Because yeah, well apparently That's what you're aiming for Because um, the guy was at first because I really struggled Getting my words out and explain probably because I hadn't spoken for you know, seven days or whatever but I, I was really struggling like to try and verbalize my question to him but he's, he he kind of laughed and he said oh yeah don't worry like that's a common question um and he said that and he he said you know this is only your second 10-day course so i wouldn't worry too much about um
0: you're a beginner jake
1: yeah i know how rude he obviously didn't see
0: the,
1: <laughs> didn't see my aura <laughs> But he basically just said, yeah, tr- you know, don't worry about it too much. Um, but he 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 did say, like, you don't need to. You don't need to move your eyes at all. You can just do it from sensation. Um, so, yeah, I kind of, I kept trying a little bit. Um, but it was really difficult for me to do it without moving my eyes I'd catch them like moving just a little bit in directions so I I didn't get too hung up on that um for the sake of my equanimity and my calm balanced mind so I just kind of did it as best I could um with the hope that maybe next time I'll crack it (laughs) I don't know Um,
0: um, but how how do you deal with I'm eating ravioli in front of Jake during this whole podcast, by the way, <laughs> listeners? Which must be very distracting for him. I'm very sorry, Jake.
1: Oh, you don't worry, I'm calm, calm and quiet mind. I can't be
0: uh phased by these things anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Jake just did a little hair twirl as he said that. <laughs> I really enjoyed. <laughs> um uh yeah. How do you deal with like? Because you keep you've said a couple of times that you were thinking about something, but you were like realizing that you're thinking about it, so you remained equanimous about it. Yeah. But then I always just fall into the trap of like, isn't that in itself? Isn't thinking, oh, I'm thinking this, I need to be equanimous about this? Isn't mm. that not being equanimous?
1: Well, it. Yeah, that in itself because you you start off a lot of mindfulness um, techniques or apps or exercises or whatever will get you to uh, acknowledge a thought or a sensation and name it and be like, oh, that's anger or oh, that's embarrassment or oh, that's anxiety um, and then let it pass. Which it yeah, is a similar similar to kind of going, Oh, I'm not being equanimous. I'm I've lost the balance of my mind. I need to get it back. Um, so yeah, that does that is kind of the same thing as getting caught up in the thoughts. But the difference is once you make that once you have that realization, you can then stop, like you can turn it off, you can go, Oh, yeah, I forgot, back to my breath, and then you can go back in it. So that was the probably the main thing that I took away from going this time is that I really improved my ability to do that to switch off the mind in a way i was I was um explaining it to my parents the other day and saying it's like when you get a song stuck in your head, and it's just like. Agony to have, you know, whatever horrendous, you know, just like a, a line from a single song that you just can't get rid of. And for me, that would go on for hours, if not like the whole day. And I'm just like, I can't believe I can't. And I'd be listening to different music and I'd be thinking of other things and like nothing works. So I'm really bad at disassociating from those unwanted thoughts. Um, but I noticed a real, like, significant improvement to being able to just snap out of it, I guess, and just say, like, okay. So, so yeah, I used to... What I was doing is ju- I'd just say to myself, okay, and, and nothing else. That was just my little trigger to be like, okay, I'm doing it again, and I'd be out of it, and it works really well. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'm happy to have got that and or to have improved my ability to do that so I wasn't too bummed about the lack of transcendence and, and not quite achieving full liberation. That so, still was very valuable.
0: <laughs> so do you really think that if you got a song stuck in your head right now you'd be able to just get rid of it straight away?
1: I think I'd be significantly better than I was before. Yeah. Um, cause
0: that, I, I, that is that is a good skill to have.
1: Yeah. Cause it happened a lot over the time. Cause obviously you're not allowed to listen to any music, which I miss so much more than like talking to other people. <laughs> like, every, Whenever you say about what I've been doing, the immediate thing is, Oh my God, like silence for 10 days. That must be insane. And that really isn't like the difficult bit for me, <laughs> um, but yeah, not having any music really sucked. So I used so I had little songs pop into my head, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I'll listen to that on the car drive home." You know, I'll remember that one and bang it on the playlist for the for the drive. Um, and so yeah, I had a few times where little songs would get stuck in my head for a bit. But oh, I did, like I say, I noticed that I could like switch it off pretty quickly, and what, it didn't
0: really What songs were on your car ride home playlist, Jake?
1: Mate, my <laughs> the first, the first song I listened to. I don't know if I told you or shared on the podcast or just privately, but when I drove home last time, I put some Janis Joplin tracks on, and the power and emotion the old Janice expresses like just made me tear up and cry with joy on the the drive home. So this time I went a very different direction and I I got, um, you know, incredible by general Levy, like wicked, wicked jungle is massive. That song, that song got stuck in my head on one of the very early days. Um, and I was like, no, okay, leave it alone. I'll listen to it in the car, like, forget about it. So I put that on and I put it on repeat like three or four times. <laughs> and it was just incredible. And I cried again with joy. Really? Yeah, listening to I like, cried to that song. I we'll like, yeah, good. Like, if you haven't listened to the full version of that song, listen to it, Incredible by General Levy it's just so good and if it doesn't make you at least smile then
0: you've you need to go on a 10 day meditation <laughs> smile if not cry is it tears yeah. of joy just tears of freedom having tears of, yeah absolutely
2: <laughs> okay we're talking to dr timothy larry uh who you really should know about, for those who lived through the 60s, and most of us did, this man was extremely important, and that's why you're here, because you were so associated with the, the drug culture. Let me also refresh your memory. Nine years ago, Art Linkletter's 21-year-old daughter, or rather 20-year-old daughter, Diane, took a fatal six-story plunge to her death. You leaving, Dr. Larry? Why are you leaving? Why are you leaving? Seriously, you're not leaving. I want you to sit right here. I want you to sit down. You're not leaving. I want you to sit down. I'm under arrest. Uh, you're not under arrest. I I'm want under you to Art, okay. can you hear me? Can you okay. hear me, Art? Art Linkletter? Art, are you there? I want you to stay for a while. I want you to stay. I'm not, not sandbagging, but I want you to come to this uh, in, in an intelligent way and not be funny. You're 60 years old, a grown man. Please sit down here. No one leaves this show. They answer the questions. Art Linkletter, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Art? Art Linkletter is in Columbus, Ohio. Uh-huh. And I apologize, we're apparently having some phone problems. His 20-year-old daughter, as you know, plunged to a death, jumped out of a window. He claims that people who manufactured and sold LSD were responsible for her death. Do you think that's true? Well, later I understood he admitted that she hadn't had LSD for several months before that. Now, the relationship between Art Linkletter and his daughter or the relationship between Art Linkletter, who's made a living for twenty or thirty years making fun of kids, you know,
3: things that happened ten Dr. years Lurie, ago. Doctor Larry, do you see any relationship between her
2: death, caused by LSD? Uh, now, do you think that, she, that that LSD was a part of her death? The fact that she committed suicide. How, do, how does anyone know? I would say the chances are a thousand one. No. So but, you but I certainly made a lot of money and got on a lot of shows he got himself into the Nixon White House Hemini. riding oh, on the death Dr. of Dr. Larry how many and I think that's ghoulish. how many
1: So yeah that was my go to this time
0: Yeah when I left the first time I listened to Inspector North by like Todd Terrier or something like was called and yeah I was like I was very happy I've, Yeah. Uh, yeah we also i've had many good moments that song, so mm. i enjoyed it a lot
1: yeah i listened to some twain as well friend of the pod i enjoyed <laughs> it. um little dog mind
0: i enjoyed that a lot mm, very relevant song
1: yeah it was yeah that's
0: <laughs> great are you gonna go back jake will you ever do another one
1: yeah definitely i think um I'm going to try and do one like once a year. I think that's probably a, enough, but still worthwhile. And I've been better at like keeping up my practice because they say um, the best way to keep practicing is to do an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. Um, so I haven't been able to do that so far. I've done. Either one or the other every day, an hour in the morning or an hour in the evening. I haven't done both yet, but I'm kind of still settling in. So It's, I only, think been, it's I... only
0: been three days, Jake.
1: Yeah, I know, but I've had lots of things to do and people to catch up
0: with. So you're, so you're proud of yourself for doing it so far? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, keep doing it, and we'll see. We'll see how long you can keep doing it for. Did you wake up at four AM every day because you said that was a thing you wanted to do?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was much better at that. Um, I was in the hall at half four every day um, because when. So, it's all very COVID secure. Like I was surprised and impressed at how many precautions were in place.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask what was the COVID. Situation. yeah so
1: it was all the whole site was on like a one-way kind of walking system to keep everyone separated and there were little like stickers and stuff so you kept two meters apart and how when you went how many people do you reckon were were there
0: quite a lot like
1: yeah like over 50 definitely yeah I, I would i'd say. say like 80 50 100 say. yeah yeah so me yeah that's why i was like guessing as well, um, but this time there was there was only fifteen men
0: and fifteen women. Mm, that would be nice as well because then there's less like distraction, I guess, from other people. Yeah,
1: yeah. So in like the dining hall, we all had our own little own little table and chairs. Um, so that was kind of weird. It looked a bit like a like an exam hall. You know, mm-hmm. we were all like two meters apart and our little tables. Um, there was no hot sauce, man. I was bummed out about that. Oh, shit. That would be... That would not yeah. be good food, then. Actually. Yeah, there was like... Well, the food was good. I, again, I quite like the food. Yeah, I think it's nice. Nah. But they all, gave they it all tastes the same. No. It's, well, it may be just to you because it's all just vegetarian food and you are against it. But I thought it was quite nice. And we, all, we each had... Yeah, so there was no hot sauce, which was a bummer. They, we just each had like a little um tupperware box on our table that had like packets of salt and pepper and sugar and stuff in it um and then instead of serving yourself from like a big table in the middle there was the servers at the back of the room and there were like big plastic screens in front of them and they had like masks and gloves and everything but the meditators didn't have to wear masks um until the course like finished on the last day, weirdly they said we'll have to start wearing masks. But um yeah, and also in in the meditation hall, obviously it was super spread out. So that was quite nice to have a bit more space. But also made it more tempting to stretch your legs out because you could. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Without kicking the guy in front of you. Um but all, and we also had our own rooms oh that's
0: nice
1: yeah so usually it's kind of hostel style bunk beds or like divvied up into uh, lots of people in a room but we yeah we all had our own rooms which is why i was so on myself about getting up on time because it makes it so much easier to just stay in bed if there's like no one else in my room so i had to be yeah more strict with myself um yeah
0: <laughs> Very good. I I I'm like Yeah, I don't think I could well I could do one. But well, first of all, holiday days. Yeah. You can't justify using ten days holiday days on silence. On your own well being and path to enlightenment. I can't justify Finger just can't it, justify it. Jake. <laughs> 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 No, but hey, also. I'm very I'm as I feel like I've said on this podcast, I'm into this like and I think I'm learning how to pronounce it now. It's called like Advaita Vedanta, which is like the okay. non-duality thing in Hinduism. Yeah. And like they always they're always like, oh, there's no need for any practices, you don't have to do any like meditation, it's all a waste of time, you don't have to do it. Well, I don't say it's a waste of time, but they say like you don't have to do it.
3: There's, yeah
0: like, path where there's a path to enlightenment where you don't have to do any meditation. And I think just reading that has made me so reluctant to do any meditation. Like, <laughs> it's like gives you such an easy excuse not to do it, you know what I yeah, mean?
1: but I'm, I mean, I don't know about that particular one, but the like in the Bhagavad Gita, they talk about not having to like become a meditator and become a yogi to be enlightened. But you do have to be mindful in your life, and you do have to live a moral and ethical life, and you do have to serve people. It's all about service. Is it like, um, is it bhakti? Mm,
0: yeah. Where you
1: so you, if you live a life of service and you help people and live a moral life, then you don't have to meditate.
0: But I can be selfish and immoral <laughs> i serve people just breakfast meditate. every friday jake what oh. more do they want, <laughs> do they want?
1: <laughs> yeah that's true this is definitely public service
0: <laughs> um <laughs> yeah it well in in the one that i currently like all, all you're meant to do is like ask who am i all the time like, okay you're washing yeah. the dishes you like, who am i who is it that washes the dishes yeah just go around you're like who am i and then, yeah. that's it. You don't have to meditate at all. So it's so much easier. But that,
1: yeah, Okay. But I mean, <laughs> that, is, that is meditating on. Yeah. It's meditating on something, on that yeah. question. Uh, it, it just is. means you have to sit down for an hour, which is cool. Like, there's no need.
0: No, but, but I do see the benefits of sitting down for an hour as well. But yeah. I,
1: can... I, I really did get this little aha moment of, OK, if I can sit, because you do like the progress is rapid in that. If if I talk about those three days where I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe Ricky was totally right. I'm in agony. It's impossible to sit still for an hour. And then just a few days later. I'm like, oh, wow, that, my back has this really like intense sensation and like whereabouts is it? Oh, it's a bit higher than I thought it was. And it's actually quite a small area. And it's actually quite interesting. And it doesn't have to be negative. Like that happens quite quick, or this time at least happened quite quickly, that switch. Um, And I've since um, been able to use that knowledge of, I could not react to a bodily sensation so I can also not react to like a shitty situation or, or, an, or annoy, an annoying situation that's outside of me as, as well as inside of me. Like perfect example, went for like a little family meal thing on Tuesday night like when I got back to see my mum and my dad and my brother. So we went out somewhere to get pizza and, um, it was super busy cause it's like 50% off and they're understaffed cause of COVID measures and all this kind of thing. So like the service was a bit shit and, um, they brought like some of our meals. They had forgotten my meal entirely. They'd forgotten like some sides, um, and they left and without giving us any cutlery. And it was just like a bit of a shambles, um. And my dad was like getting super annoyed. He was like, this is ridiculous. It's a joke. I can't believe it. And he was like, he stood up. We couldn't get like the attention of the waiter. So he just like stood up next to the table until they came over. And he kind of, not like shouting, but in an annoyed tone of voice told them how many mistakes they'd made. And, you know just had a bit you could just I could very much feel how angry and annoyed he was and even though he was trying not to be like it was just seeping out from him um and I could also feel how like on edge this waiter was and like uncomfortable and didn't really know what to say and he was just saying sorry a lot and he was he went away and he came back and he he was like, Oh, to me, he was like, I'm sorry, like your pizza will be five or six minutes. And I was like, Okay, that means it's not even in the oven yet. And I, but I was absolutely like, I couldn't t- I can't tell you how nonplussed I was about the whole thing. And like, everyone had finished eating and I still haven't got my pizza. And everyone's like, Oh, like I feel bad <laughs> eating while you haven't. And I'm like, Honestly, I, I've absolutely, I'm not bothered at all. Like, I'm super chill. So that was a good little, instance of me being not like feeling high and mighty but just recognizing that everyone on the round the table was like a bit miffed in different kind of levels and i honestly like couldn't give two shits that i had to wait and it was a bit of a mess because i was just like well they're obviously not doing it on purpose These, mm. it's not like some kind of personal slight because they don't like the look of me they've forgotten to put my pizza
0: in the oven Do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah that is an example as soon as i got back (laughs) it definitely helps with like situations like that and so it reminds me of one thing which is like a quote it's like the highest point of the self is to be calm Mm. that's the highest state of the self is just to be calm yeah it's nice yeah um and yeah also when i went the first time i just started a new job the night it definitely helped me just like get through the stress of that new job having just come right. back from meditation yeah. camp. Cause yeah, as you say, I was just in that state of like things are happening around me, but it's all fine. Kind
1: of mm, yeah. You definitely have like a little residual afterglow of still feeling like a bit
0: uh like I'm walking on a cloud still. <laughs> yeah, and like after as you we were saying about energy as well, mm-hmm. which is a very like hippie kind of word thing. But yeah. Bad, like, man. yeah exactly. the ice man. <laughs> but I do think it is a legitimate thing. And yeah, I think after like ayahuasca, you, you just like, I think you're always kind of in touch with like the energy in a certain situation, but sometimes you just ignore it. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm just like, Thinking something stupid, yeah. Uh, or, or you just you ignore in it. So what I'm trying to say is, it's almost like telepathy. And when you're on acid, I feel like I've had very telepathy telepathy type thoughts. Yeah. Um, and then on ayahuasca as well, I was kind of felt like we were all in this weird ship on, in our minds, and we could all speak to each other through our minds. Um so yeah. I did not confirm afterwards. But part of that is kind of, yeah, the thing about energy, which is if someone walks into a room and is like pissed off, you just immediately know that. And it's like, yeah. well, how do you know that? Like there's no like weird, maybe you kind of read their facial expressions in their kind of uh, if they're tense or something. But yeah. I think there is some kind of like energy or like the vibe. Of that person, and you do kind of connect with that, and not read their mind, but like read their energy. And yeah,
1: you yeah. you can tell their mood a lot easier. Like I, I was kind of, I was just sat watching my dad. I'm not picking on him, but he gets stressed out a lot, and so I was just kind of sat watching how I could see. That he was really trying not to be annoyed because he knows that it's a mundane thing and it's out of his hands and whatever, but he couldn't like he really couldn't do it. He was getting annoyed, and I was and he looked up. He like saw me seeing him and kind of like smiled at me in a knowing way, and I was like, "No, that's nice." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, you need to chill out." And then he said, "Oh, this is this your." Your training's kicking in. I was like, yeah, this is it. This is exactly, this proof's in the pudding right
0: now. (laughs) Did he become calmer after that look that you exchanged?
1: Yeah, I think he did. Or at least he, yeah, I I, I think he did. My hope is that it wasn't like some kind of weird embarrassment. Like I hope, I was a bit worried that he thought I'd be like judging him from my zen state but that wasn't what was going on at all i was just recognizing like oh i'm glad that i feel more able to stop myself doing that cuz like a, another example um is while i was still at meditation when they lift the silence you have like a day where you can kind of you still you can't go home yet but you can chat to people so it's like a bit of a shock absorber so they don't just release you into the wild or still like weirded out and messed like hi. <laughs> um but so i was i was chatting to this one this one older guy and just the kind of like oh how did you find it yeah good like what's your name what do you do da, 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 da. which usually those kind of conversations just like annoy me i think it's boring um but he so i was like hesitant to really Engage too much in that kind of conversation, but I was like, No, nope, I'll do it. So it turns out he's an interesting guy who did like sculpture at uni and got into designing and building oak framed houses. I was like, Oh wow, that's like actually sounds really cool and interesting. So I had a little chat with him about that for a while, and then he like asked me, What do I do? And I was like, Oh, I don't actually do anything at the moment, like, <laughs> I just finished uni and i worked in retail for a while but i hated it um and i'm going to go back to uni and do a masters in september and da, 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 da. and he was like oh okay like what are you doing i told him it, it was english and he did the classic like oh oh okay what are you going to do with that like what what job do you want and i was like well to be honest i'd really like to be a writer like i know that sounds a bit pie in the sky but i'd i'd love to write things for a living and then i quickly added like and you know failing that maybe i can be a university lecturer or, or whatever um so he was like asking me about my writing and i said i've been trying to write this novel for a while and i do little bits and pieces and whatever and then he he was like can i give you some advice and i was like yeah sure like yeah sure like what what's up how old are they he, I want to say like mid-40s, like mid to late 40s probably. Um, he was like, um, how many people do you think have an English degree and who like want to be writers? And he's like, say there's 50 people in your class and there's a few thousand people. And he kind of, I was like, where is he going with this? But he ended up by saying everyone who wants to be a writer has probably gone to uni and done English and it probably won't help them. And like, all you need to be a writer is life experience. And, you, and he said like, and you probably all have the same kind of general writing style and you want to write about the same kind of things and no one will really kind of take any notice and you'll just be like mashed together in this kind of group of English graduate wannabe writers. And I'm kind of thinking like sensing some like kind of judgment and I was starting to get a bit defensive and a bit annoyed. And he was like, Yeah, you know, what I'd what I'd do if I was you is I'd just like go and travel the world or like do some kind of big adventure, like cycle from the Atlantic to the Pacific Ocean and like just reeling off all these like mental things that like are just really weird and would cost thousands of pounds to do so instead of in my head I started thinking like this guy has no idea who I am he doesn't know how incredible a writer and how great and unique (laughs) style of prose is and I just can feel those wheels start to turn and I was like okay stop that that's not useful this guy he's just making conversation he, in his mind, he's given me some good life advice. He's passing on some wisdom to a young man who's looking for his way in life, you know. And, and it doesn't matter that I'm not interested in cycling from wherever to wherever. <laughs> I can't afford to travel the world before, you know, I start writing or or whatever. But that, yeah, that was just an immediate like, okay, I'll just let this guy say whatever he wants to say. I'm not going to try and defend myself or get annoyed that he's talking shit about stuff he obviously has no idea about and like to to I was able to look past the things that were annoying me and see that he had good intentions and that he was really trying to kind of help me in his own way even though it was a way that kind of triggered me <laughs> but yeah that was my first run-in of like feeling this Annoyed, self-righteous indignation start boiling up within me and being like, oh okay, we don't need any of that. That's not useful.
0: <laughs> Very good. I feel like this has been a good learning experience for you, Jake. It has. And another good camp for you. Yeah. This is me all goodly trying to wrap up because I have to go back to work. That's
1: cool. Um if any of our listeners have questions on meditation or Vipassana or the place where I went before we have the pro guy on, did you say it was early September? Yeah. So yeah, if you guys have any questions, drop them to the old Instagram at what was like for breakfast. And if my near infinite wisdom can't answer them i'm sure this other dude will be able to
0: sort us out sweet also coming up soon the almighty guest thomas tibble
1: yes we i think he yeah he messaged me saying um i'm back but i'm not allowed in back into the wild until like saturday or sunday or whatever because he's got to Self quarantine from coming over from Spain. So, yes, we'll get him on. That'll be a good conversation, I'm sure. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. I nice have one. To go. Okay. Bye, Ricky. Bye, listeners. <laughs> <laughs>
3: in the back break.